0: I'm your host, certified health coach, motivational speaker, sober since July of 2016, American Ninja Warrior competitor, two-time world record holder, and ultra-marathoner, Matt Scaletti. Here we go. Welcome back to the Live
1: in the Dream podcast. I am Matt Scaletti and I have a very special guest with me today. Kristen Brogan is an international keynote speaker, best-selling author, registered dietitian, superfood chef, yoga instructor, and the chief mindful living officer at On Target Living, which is a health and performance company helping people discover the power of feeling their best. Kristen works with organizations all over the world to help make health a business strategy. Kristen's message is centered on expanding human capacity through mindful living. Kristen energizes and motivates her audiences to live healthy without making sacrifices and teaches a lifestyle that blends mindful eating, mindful moving, and mindful resting to build your whole self. Kristen's dream is to one day have her own cooking show on the Food Network called Mindfully Delicious. Kristen, Welcome.
2: Woohoo! Thank you. I feel like you're already getting me pumped up.
1: I am. I've am only up.
2: been on here for like two minutes.
1: <laughs> That's because your bio is insanely awesome. I'm impressed already. Oh,
2: thank you. All
1: right. So let's, we have the bio. Let's talk a little bit about your background first and we'll set the stage. Give us a little bit about the background and have you always been into healthy food, healthy living and happiness?
2: Yeah. So on target living is a a family owned company so my dad started the company 15 years ago so i feel like i kind of grew up knowing that i would go into the field of health now i took a lot of different kind of directions to get there and i kind of have made it my own which i think is really important for people um but i grew up with this health freak of a dad he was like (laughs) He's the healthiest guy you've probably ever met he in is. your life. I know,
1: and, I, I, I know, know him. I agree, yes.
2: <laughs> and he was a personal trainer, and he managed a large athletic club. And so I grew up very healthy, very active. I remember him always bringing superfoods home and, you know, just weird things that most of my friends didn't grow up with. And I was okay with my lifestyle because it was all I ever knew until I got older. And I started going over to friends' houses, and I was like, this is weird. You know, <laughs> it wasn't normal. And I decided to become a total rebel and just start doing everything opposite of what he practiced and preached. And I got a job at a burger restaurant and I was eating milkshake and burgers and fast food and, you know, just kind of experience, experimenting on my own because I had felt like I was living too healthy and I was, you know, giving up the foods that I loved or I was just missing out. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I lived this totally other kind of end of this lifestyle and I gained weight. I was diagnosed with asthma. I was put on an inhaler at the time I was a track athlete. And so my whole life kind of turned upside down. I was always, a, you know, I always felt good as a kid, but I realized that I didn't love, I didn't love living too healthy. And I didn't love living too unhealthy. I wanted to find that balance in the middle. So um, luckily, while my dad thought of food as only fuel for the most part. My mom thought of food as love. She comes from a big Lebanese family and, you know, food is love. It's the center of every occasion. And so luckily she was able to teach me how to cook meals that were delicious, but healthy too. So I never felt like I was giving anything up. And along the way, um, I, I lost weight. My asthma magically disappeared. I kind of to a point where i never wanted to look back i wanted to just go forward i knew that health was so important and so i went to school i went to college um, as an exercise science major and along the way i decided to um, get a minor in nutrition although they didn't have a minor so i decided to double major in exercise science and dietetics and then i became a dietitian when i got out of school with that kind of fitness background Um, I first worked for a large um, grocery store called Meijer, and that was really cool because I was able to actually teach shoppers how to cook healthy, how to eat healthy, how to shop healthy, Um, and that's how I really got into the whole cooking piece and, you know, just wanting to show people that healthy and delicious can go together. So I did that for about five years. I was in the retail world, and then I knew my dad had started this company, and I knew at one point I would join him. And I know that's kind of a long story, but it's great.
1: great. That's a perfect lead in.
2: (laughs) That's how I got there. So I work for on target living. Primarily I do speaking events, um, on just mindful living kind of topics, but really my main goal is to help people live healthy without making sacrifices, um, and never feel like they have to give anything up. And I think so often people, live on these extremes, as I mentioned, either they're too healthy, they take the fun out of eating or they're too unhealthy and they take the fun out of life. So helping people to find that kind of balance when it comes to, to life.
1: That's a great, perfect intro, I love it. So you, you help people and I love how it says in your bio without sacrificing or something along the lines of that. Can you give us an example of a situation that either yourself or you've coached somebody to do where like one habit they've changed or, or something where they didn't have to sacrifice, but they did get healthier?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, when I work with a lot of people who are trying to lose weight or getting healthier, the first thing I say is, hey, we're changing your lifestyle. We're not giving anything up. Your first step is to take whatever it is you eat the most of and you make it better. And you do that by reading ingredients. So you'll be shocked with what people, what people are buying on a regular basis. They don't even know that there's healthier options out there that taste even better. So for example, many people are buying hot dogs. You know, it's summer, people are grilling out. Well, most of your hot dogs don't actually have beef in the ingredients. You wouldn't know that unless you look at the ingredients. So why would any of us want to eat something that's not real food when we could enjoy something else so much better? So let's look for a hot dog that has grass fed beef or real things that we can recognize, which you can find everywhere. Or, you know, I work with, with people who are doing, you know, Jif peanut butter or trans fat filled peanut butter. And it's like, let's just switch over to a natural peanut butter that has one ingredient. So there's a lot of different shifts. Now that I have an 18-month-old, I'm buying kids cereal that while while being quarantined, my husband like ate most of it. <laughs> but but I'm still buying healthier cereals. I'm not buying fruit loops with artificial coloring. I'm buying fruity, you know, delicious puffs that have real real ingredients that are colorful because they're made with blueberries or beets or things like that. So I think Long story short is you don't have to give anything up. You just find ways to make it better with simple ingredients. And that's where we don't feel like we're giving anything up. You know, if you love goldfish, find a better goldfish, like Annie's Organic Cheddar Bunny or, you know, different, different brands that are just a lot healthier.
1: I love that. So you're saying whatever the food is, there's probably an upgraded version of that where you can eat the same food, just different ingredients in there. Absolutely. So that's. Can you give us some examples, and I'm just thinking about this, where I've heard where if you look at the ingredients and you can't pronounce the name, I've heard that before. I don't know if you subscribe to that or not. Or is there some examples of ingredients if we look at the box or bag we should absolutely be sure to avoid?
2: Yeah. So I'd say less is always going to be best. You know, I mean, f- food's closest to the source kind of is our motto at On Target Living, foods in their natural state, many of these foods don't even have a nutrition label. You know, we know an apple, we know a bag of carrots, all those things are going to be healthy for us. But when you get into the processed foods, less is best. You want to avoid anything you can't pronounce and anything that ends with O-S-E. O-S-E.
1: That's that's just
2: another form of processed sugar or processed corn or processed soy. So just kind of avoiding those things. Of course, avoiding high fructose corn syrup, hydrogenated oils but for the most part if you're getting healthier brands or looking for foods closest to the source you really don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I usually tend to buy organic brands because the ingredients are better. You don't have to do organic all the time but usually they're made better quality.
1: Okay, that's a, so the OSC, I wrote that down. I want to make sure I remember that myself. That's a good little tip. I'm I'm curious, and we didn't really get a chance to talk about this before. So I'm wondering, since you do have a child now, and congratulations, eighteen month old, you said right, and you're married. I'm just wondering for the moms out there and the husbands, wives. You know, these families we're all growing. It seems like is there is there any thoughts or tips or mindsets for a family dynamic? Because I, I often talk to some people and maybe the husband is not healthy, but the wife wants to get healthier or they have yeah. kids and it's easy to just eat all these unhealthy foods. Is there any family dynamic? I, I'll be honest, I'm very blessed because my wife and I are both extremely healthy and we kind of help yes. push each other to be healthier. But I know that's not always the case. Is there, can you speak to that a little bit about the family dynamic?
2: Yeah, I mean you're really good at that. I feel like it has to be a family affair or it just doesn't work. And you also can't push this lifestyle on anyone. You know, they have to make it their own because the more that you tell your spouse to do something, the less likely they're going to do it. I have a <laughs> girlfriend who says, "The more I tell my husband to work out, he tells me the more he doesn't want to work out." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's called internal motivation. You need to be internally motivated." So no one wants that. And I think sometimes when we do these seminars and these speaking events, we have these these people that come up to us and say, I'm going home and I'm making my spouse do everything you said. (laughs) slow, Slow down. Let's take small steps, right? I think though, everyone out there wants to feel good, right? Yeah. So yeah, you may have a spouse out there that just is eating junk food and just not interested, but deep down, they really want to feel good. But the reason that they're not changing is because they think that they have to sacrifice something so i think if if you have some of this knowledge and you can help your family say okay we're not giving these things up over time we're just upgrading you know if your husband loves potato chips let's find a potato chips that have three ingredients potatoes sea salt and a good quality oil you know so over time maybe you're the leader and you're upgrading all these things you're being the role model. Someone has to be a role model. That's step 1, especially when you're a parent. And then over time you tell your spouse, "Look, not only do I love you, but I need you." Yeah. You know, and we need to do this together so we can be good influences to our kids. And I think that's how Sean and I are is we know that if we don't have energy in the present moment, if we're not taking time to move or rest or eat, we're no good to our son. And I think sometimes people are just kind of getting by and they're used to not having energy, but life is so much better when, I mean, I know being quarantined, like I want to live life so much more now than ever because I just haven't. And so I don't know if that really answers your question, but I think it does have to be a family mm-hmm. affair. I think it needs to start with small steps. When I met my husband 15 years ago, he was eating special case cereal every morning for breakfast. He was eating Jimmy John's subs. In fact, he worked there and he had really bad psoriasis and he was sleeping maybe like four hours a night.
1: Wow.
2: He He was a mess. Now, I didn't want to push everything on him, but I also wanted to kind of share things along the way. And so he started to take these small steps, not because I told him to, but because he wanted to. And he was seeing the benefits. Now he pretty much eats everything I put in front of him because he (laughs) sorry
1: (laughs) because
2: he likes the way it makes him feel. Yeah. And he's seen his psoriasis go away. He's sleeping better. So I think those are there's a lot of benefits that go with this. And I know you talk about movement a lot. You know, we don't exercise to lose weight. We exercise to feel good. I mean, you have more energy than anyone I've ever met. And I know like Yeah, I know your morning routine really involves that movement because that's what
1: helps you. It sure does. And I need to, this is a perfect lead into me saying for anyone that doesn't know this, that listens to this podcast, this woman on this show and her dad changed my life completely. They will not take credit for it. And I don't care what they say, but it's absolutely true. I heard a Kristen's dad give a presentation and it didn't, my life didn't change like this, but over time, like Kristen said, small steps, it absolutely, I'm so energetic today because of this family that's being interviewed. It's amazing. And I think it's
2: always like hiding within you. You just had it. I feel like you've always, you just needed it to be
1: unleashed. <laughs> well, you guys unleashed it. And I also want to show, cause I was laughing with Kristen before we went on air. For those of you that are watching on video, here is one of their books. That's Kristen's brother in the picture as well. And you can see my wife, how often we use this. She has every page basically. With I love that
2: there's some notes on one of the sticky notes.
1: Yeah, there sure is. Almond butter. She's writing some of the changes she may have made because we didn't have some of the stuff in the house, I think. Oh. <laughs> but the point is that what you're talking about, I'm proof that it works. And I'm sure you have proof of plenty of people that you've change their lives and to kind of talk about that because you mentioned speaking i'm just curious because i do a lot of speaking myself and i was horrible in the beginning of speaking can you and i think this talks about confidence as well but can you tell the story because i honestly don't know the full story of were you a good speaker because i know how good you are now if you go on on targetliving.com and see kristen there's a lot of videos on there she's amazing were you gifted and that good, or di- how did you learn to become an amazing public speaker?
2: well, thank you i you know honestly, I think early on i didn 't really think about being good or not. Early on, I was just kind of thrown into this job at Meyer. I was a retail dietitian, so part of our job was to go out to the community and speak and share healthy living tips how to prepare food so I was right out of college and therefore I was kind of fearless. Mm. I didn't really, you know, you don't think about the future or the end game. And I just had a job and it was like my dream job out of school. I was making money for the first time in my whole life. And so I started public speaking. I didn't really know that's what I was doing, but I was. And so eventually like I just got better and better and I kept doing it. And I think I grew up with a dad who was a public speaker. So I was... I mean, most of my weekends were spent going to his presentations Mm -hmm. or, you know, listening to his presentations. So I kind of grew up with that, but I don't even think it comes down to public speaking skills. I think if you are passionate about something, anyone can speak. Anyone can be a speaker. I think some of the best speakers aren't the polished speakers who don't say, um, or some of those things (laughs) are just the, the speakers that speak from their heart. And they have a passion for what they're talking about. And then that passion gives them confidence. And I think that's what speakers need. They need that confidence to get on stage. But I think if if you know that this is what you want to do and you practice it, then there's no r- reason to be nervous. But of course, you get better and better and better. There's a stage presence that you have to have. And you know the way that you're standing, the way that you're moving, all those kind of things. So,
1: And you have it. And it shows. And I think... Just to give you, I want to acknowledge you too, because one of the things I always screwed up on was, I I think it was a significance thing. I wanted to look good while I was on stage. And in doing and thinking about that, I wasn't delivering value to the audience because I didn't, I was caring about myself too much. You just seem like when you get up there, you care. I mean, you legitimately care and want to help these people, whoever the audience is, whether it's two people or Mm -hmm. 2,000, can you Can you speak to that? is it as you're as you're speaking and you're you're passionate obviously are you just focused on how you can deliver this value to people?
2: yeah, and I think my dad always kind of said that is if if you're super passionate about something, you will be successful you'll figure out a way and I think you know we always are our kind of the big picture when we're getting on stage is like how can we change these people's lives? How can we add value, right? We're not just going through the motions. We're not just getting up on stage and then leaving right after. We're sticking around. We're answering questions because if we're not giving it 100%, then what good is our time? And I feel that way more than ever now that I'm a mom and after being on maternity leave, when I stepped on stage, you know, I thought to myself, I better make this count. I'm away from my son who's three months old. I'm traveling. I'm away from my husband. So if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to, you know, put them aside for now, then I better create a lot of value and touch people in a really powerful way. And I think sometimes if we think about it that way versus just booking gigs and the money behind it, then it gets a little bit too stressful. And I know I've talked to you about this before. Speaking is a lot of sales and I'm just I would never think of myself as being, you know, a salesperson, but I think when you're forming these relationships and you're touching people on that deep level, then they can see the value and then word spreads and that's just kind of how it happens. But yeah, having kind of the, the big picture on what you are actually doing on stage, I think is the most important thing.
1: That is awesome. That's You just added value to me. I'm going to play that back a few times and listen to that one. I think I need to hear that every time before I go on stage. Okay. So in this healthy living world, it can be extremely intimidating, I think, with all the options and there's you know, all these different diets that are going on. And, and really, I was thinking about when you said upgrade your food, it's such a simple way. And I think that's so impactful. What's What about somebody that has tried different diets, they've done this, they've tried that, they've done this for three months, that for five months, nothing's working. Is step one, looking at the ingredients, is there another step that somebody can use in the very beginning to try and propel them to this healthier lifestyle? Yeah, I
2: think first, just figuring out what you want and what you've done that hasn't worked. You know, I have some people in my family, I'm not gonna name names, that have (laughs) done the same diet five times. Five different times because clearly it hasn't worked. Yeah. So why do they think the fifth time is going to change, right? I think people are always going after the weight loss and not really the lifestyle and all the benefits you get from living healthier. Now, if you're on some diet that has you losing a crazy amount of weight, you're not going to feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're depriving yourself just to lose weight. And then after you deprive yourself, guess what? You're going to want to indulge. And you're going to probably indulge too much. So I think if we can just, like you said, take those small steps and upgrade, that really is the first step. But also understanding that newsflash diets don't work. (laughs) They're never going to work. I'm with you. Because when we think about why there's so many diets on the market, they don't work. That's why. (laughs) So I think, you know, the paleo diet, the keto diet, all these diets are super trendy right now, but they're not much different than the Atkins diet they're just introduced in a different way. So we have to kind of step back and say, well, what is this diet all about? And I always look at it from the perspective of, can I feed this diet to my 18 month old? Mm. No, I can't. Because guess what? It's deficient in nutrients. We're limiting grains. Grains are the raw material that makes serotonin and make us feel healthy and stimulate melatonin. And so we can't give anything up. We have to Get out of that dieting mindset. And I think a really easy thing for people to wrap their head around is eating can be simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. And it starts with eating foods closest to the source and using our common sense. And, you know, I went to school to be a dietitian, but most people can live this way without any schooling. If they're just using their common sense, we know it does not make sense to drop butter in our coffee. <laughs> You know what I mean? If you like that, if you like that kind of thing, go for it. But it really doesn't make sense.
1: (laughs) What what about, you just have me thinking now, I I could ask you 40,000 questions, but you're talking about the vitamins and nutrients. And I know I just get this question sometimes of, I need to take my multivitamin or or some sort of supplement. Can you, I know it's going to be more generic, but can you speak to somebody who does that? Because to be honest, I used to do it for a long time myself. So any thoughts yeah. on that?
2: Yeah, so I think it comes down to we don't eat nutrients. You know, multivitamins are nutrients in isolated form. The body doesn't know how to absorb that because it's not real food. So we don't eat nutrients or supplements. We eat food. And that's where it always starts. And I think the reason that we don't latch onto that or we kind of forget about it is because the money isn't in whole foods, right? The money's in the medicine. The money is in the supplement. It's not in the cure. And ultimately, when we just start eating whole foods closest to the source, we don't have to worry about supplementing. We talk a lot about three big foods at On Target Living, cod liver oil, spirulina, corella, and wheatgrass. And if you're consuming all three of those, you don't have to supplement with anything. It's gonna cost you less than $5 a day. And when you get those three foods in your diet, you're getting chlorophyll and you're getting omega-3s. And those are two nutrients that the body has to have every day. So it can be very simple, but I think sometimes people, I was just co- consulting with a person who is spending $1,500 a month on just small m- vitamins.
1: Oh, man.
2: You know, and, and they are designed to make money, right? And it's just, it's an expensive way of getting nutrients in that aren't always absorbable. So I would just go back to that and you know, we don't need protein powder. We can get protein just from our everyday foods. Even if we are a vegan, you know, you can get protein from grains and greens and hemp seeds. Hemp seeds are loaded in protein.
1: That's, I'm so glad you said all of those and you're given these concrete examples. Just to go back because I love all three of the ones, cod liver oil, spirulina corella, corella. I knew you were gonna make me say that and I was gonna struggle. <laughs> and wheatgrass. So I love all three of them because of you guys taught me that. Can you speak to my favorite a little bit, which is wheatgrass and, and even talk about, I mean, full disclosure, everybody watching. I mean, I order wheatgrass from on target living probably every month and a half or two months for my wife and I, can you speak to the benefits of wheatgrass?
2: Yeah. So anything green in color will be really high in chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is energizing, detoxifying, and cleansing, and it also boosts our immune system. So right now we need chlorophyll. Yeah. The highest source of chlorophyll is wheatgrass, because it's simply grass. But the way that we get our wheatgrass is we we get it from Canada, and so therefore the grass is grown deep in the soil. It's got a ton of minerals, and then it's. It's cut and it's juiced right then and there and it's packaged into a frozen ice cube. So it's got all its nutrition, it's a live living food, but it's gonna be very alkalizing on the body, which means it lowers inflammation. So a lot of people who have inflammatory related issues, autoimmune issues, allergies, food sensitivities, they can benefit from taking wheatgrass. There's no gluten in wheatgrass, even though it comes from the wheat berry. The way that it's sprouted. So it's super beneficial for that and then also really good for just digestion in, in general.
1: I mean, it's I'm obsessed. I mean, I um, I'll I'll put an ice cube, they come in these ice cubes and I'll put one in just water and yeah. just let it melt and I just sip on it and it's oh it is so good. So yeah, it's so
2: energizing. My son, that's like his favorite
1: superfood. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So that's I mean, I didn't know that. So I mean, like you said, if it's a healthy food, it should be good for all ages. So it's just food. It doesn't matter if you're one year old or 100 years old, wheatgrass.
2: No, and in fact, he taught me, I was waiting to give him spirulina corella because it comes in a tablet, you swallow. Mm-hmm. Well, he saw me doing it one day and he was like, he can't talk yet. So he's reaching for the, the, I put it in a little jar and I'm like, okay, I'll see what he does with it. So I gave him a couple pills and he chews them. Oh, yeah. And he loves it. Oh, that's it's great. Community. And then he drools like green and stuff. <laughs> but he loves it. And that's the thing is make it a family affair. Like he doesn't know any different. All he is seeing is his mom doing it. And I'm his role model, right? So he wants everything I have. So I think sometimes when, when parents say my kids are picky or they won't do that, be the role model, make it fun, you know, and it's bound to happen.
1: That's a that's a really smart way to put that. And my wife and I don't have kids yet, but that's that's really that's such a great way to put it with the family affair. And it's the same thing. I mean, it's just the two of us, but we just help each other, yeah, and keep each other in check. And it's a great. We do that with dark chocolate, by the way. We promise each other the only time we will eat it is if we're together, and yes. we have one little piece at a time. So if there weren't it weren't for that, yeah, I would we be make
2: it an experience.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. That's what we do, and it is. You should see us two little giddy kids sitting on the couch eating chocolate. It's pretty entertaining. <laughs> so the the podcast is obviously called Living the Dream. And I think with dreams, you know, these big aspirations and dreams and goals that we have, I, I couldn't help but highlight the biography you have of having your own cooking show. I don't know if that's a dream that's next year, 10 years, however far down the line, but you clearly have a purpose and mission. And I was just wondering if you could speak to that, but also speak to people who, whether you're you know, 20 years old or, or 60 years old, and you don't feel like you have a purpose or mission, can you speak to if somebody's just sort of floundering, or floundering around and not knowing yes. what their purpose is, how, maybe how you found yours and potential yeah. advice on how they could find theirs?
2: Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think people are always searching for their passion or their purpose. Um, and I heard this quote From Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the author of Eat, Pray, Love. Mm. And she was just saying, you know, follow your curiosity first. What are you curious about? And then figure out what are you good at? If you're doing something that, you know, you love, but it doesn't make you money, it's probably more of a habit. (laughs) I mean, maybe you could turn that into something, but you really wanna figure out what you can make a living at, right? Because financially, We have to be financially stable. Um, I did come across a little exercise I was just going to share with your listeners. Oh, please. um, About following your joy versus following your happiness, um, but also figuring out what your purpose or passion is by just asking yourself some questions like, you're happiest when, or you feel most content when, you feel like you're following your joy when. You feel most alive when, and you enjoy yourself the most when. So oh. think about some of the things that you just live for on a regular basis. Maybe how, if you love writing, you know, maybe there's something in your career or your future that revolves around writing where you can make a living at it. So I think sometimes it's hard to know exactly what you want to do, but I think if you find out what your passions are, what you're curious with and then you put it into practice and you see what you're good at. I also think what is it, maybe you picture yourself doing something that you know you don't want to do. Like I know all the things I don't want to do. I don't want to just sit at a desk all day. Yeah. No, I do that sometimes. That's important. But I want to be out and I want to be teaching and cooking. And those are all my kind of passions that I've been able to turn into a career. So that's kind of my perspective.
1: I love that that I wrote down follow your curiosity. That's really interesting. And maybe in the show notes after we we air this, we can put some of those questions in there cuz those are great questions to think about. I never thought about those. Your happiest win. I can't help but think about that. Well, <laughs> happiness is clearly one of the topics that you speak about often and if you look on your website, hungry for happiness is one of your keynotes and as you stated earlier, I think we're all looking for happiness. I mean, that's that's the huge yes. end game goal, right? To be happy. Talk a little bit about, and I'm assuming in your keynote, you, you speak a little bit about this, on happiness and are there, are there habits that we can put in our lives to make us happier? Is, does food have something to do with happiness? If you had one or two takeaways on telling yeah. somebody, if you do these one or two things, you're most likely going to be happier. Is there anything that comes...
2: Yeah, I mean, I think everyone wants to be happy. It doesn't mean that you're walking around smiling all day, right? (laughs) I mean, there's some sort of like realistic kind of point with happiness. But, you know, I think where people have to kind of understand happiness is it begins when you start feeling it. You know, if you don't feel good, you don't really stand a chance. (laughs) You know, you could have a great life and you could have all these good things going for you. But if you don't physically feel good or mentally – then it's going to be really hard. So kind of the way I talk about it in my, in my presentation is in order to feel happy, the body has to produce serotonin. 90% of serotonin is made in the gut through the foods that we eat. Wow. So we know that food is, there's this gut brain connection. So everything is connected. You know, a lot of people who experience, you know, IBS or constipation also experience anxiety and depression and they can benefit by taking a probiotic or eating more live foods. So understanding that kind of good health really starts in the gut from a lot of the foods that we eat. So think of uh, fruits and vegetables and, you know, anything that rots or has those live enzymes or that are really good for gut health, fermented foods, probiotics. Um, but also a big component of happiness is carbohydrates. And there's no coincidence that we have the highest rates of depression, and our most popular diet is a low-carb diet.
1: Well, I thought carbs were bad for us. Is that not true?
2: (laughs) Let's load up. We got to load up on carbs. If we want to be happy, we got to eat carbs. But it all depends on quality. So, you know, things like ancient grains, farro, quinoa, potatoes, all those things are naturally going to boost serotonin in the gut. That's going to make us feel happy. So I'm I'm not talking about processed carbs, but just good quality
1: carbs. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to snip at that piece where you said, just eat all the carbs that you want. That's going to be the, the preview clip.
2: <laughs> eat whatever. My other advice is eat whatever you want as long as it's homemade. Oh,
1: oh look at
2: that. So just just go, go for it.
1: <laughs> so you're t- but I'd say
2: the whole happiness thing, I mean, and back to exercising. I mean, exercise, when we move our body, we still the mind. And it really does something for our brain. So there's a, just a lot of factors that I believe has to do with your lifestyle. I mean, we have situations in our life that can kind of derail our happiness for the time being, but we can always kind of pick, our back, pick ourselves back up with our lifestyle.
1: I, I couldn't help but think when you said when you're eating healthy and talking about serotonin, is, it, is that possible then that if somebody eats very unhealthy food, it could actually affect their mood that given day?
2: Yeah, because it can deplete serotonin. If you have poor gut health, if you're struggling with um, digestion issues or you're eating a lot of things that make your gut really inflamed, then you're not going to produce serotonin the right way. You're not going to feel satisfied and your mood isn't going to be, you know, lifted. It's, it's, it ha- absolutely has a lot to do with what you're eating. Food can either, you know, lift you up or it can kind of deplete you too. Yeah.
1: Those are, those are, that's really interesting with the serotonin. I want to, I want to hear more about that. Cause that's, there's so much in here that I just want to like, I'm going to be Googling and texting you, by the way, for everyone listening, whenever I have a, a nutrition question, Kristen, she gets her phone blown up cause I'll ask like seven questions in a row. <laughs> you, know, you know what you're talking about? I am going to the it. source. That's what I'm doing.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Well, I'm going to ask one more question. Then we're going to do, we do these power five where we go to some of these deep questions and the answers might be shorter, but we go deep. So your your life, I mean, from everything we're hearing, I mean, you're, you're doing a ton, you're speaking you podcast and you're writing books. You're clearly doing a lot of things. You're, you're raising a family. And I, I have to ask, is there are you still, and this is the perfect time to do it when this comes out, we'll still be coronavirus will still be, you know, a thing going on. Hopefully it'll be improved by then, but are there, there's still things in your life you're trying to improve and can you maybe tie that into if some people are quarantined or, you know, they're kind of down on themselves cause they're, they need to be home all the time. Are there still ways to improve even given the circumstances?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I just was listening to this podcast, um, by, it was Dave Hollis. Do you know Dave oh, Hollis? Oh yeah,
1: I do know who that is, yeah. He, wrote he a ball, right? some,
2: Yeah, he said something about uh, his greatest fear is just not living up to his true potential. You mm. know, I think so much of us, we know we have potential. And maybe just because we're doing something right now, it doesn't mean it's our end game. So just being open-minded, I think that's kind of what quarantine has done for me is just being open-minded on like where the world is going to go and how I'm going to live to my true potential, how I can help others. Um, And also just focusing on the things I can actually control. Mm. Right. And what's important. I think some things I used to kind of get worked up over. It just doesn't matter anymore.
1: Is there an example? Can we hear i I'm just Um, curious. Can you think of something off the top of your head?
2: Like for, so I'm kind of a clean freak. (laughs) So maybe like the way my husband like did the dishes would like, Irritate me. You know, I can't even think of a, uh, an example right no, now. That's a good like, example. But you know what? If he's if he's willing to help, right? Yeah. And, and actually, he's a very good cleaner, so I shouldn't say that. But there's just <laughs> things where I think sometimes we get hung up on the little stuff when we need to look at the big picture. Like you know, maybe your spouse you don't like the way they do something. certain way. Like we've found each other's like little habits over quarantine because we're with each other all the time. My husband hates when I put a spoon in his wheatgrass. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just figuring that out. But I think a lot of those things that we kind of like have fights over or get us worked up, they really don't matter. And when we kind of step away and do some deep breathing and take a moment, it doesn't have the same weight afterwards. So I think just right now, figuring out what you can do to, you know, make everything a little bit better for everyone. We can't be the experts at everything. We need to kind of collaborate with other people, um, figure out what it is that we can actually control. And I think also just understanding that you just have to be more of who you're meant to be. Because, you know, when we compare ourselves to others, that's where we sabotage our happiness. We have to stop doing that. Because that won't get us ahead at all. You know, we're on social media. We're seeing all the cool things others are doing. Who cares? Just do you. I mean, we were talking before this about technology, like setting up a microphone. And and my dream is to do Food Network because I don't want to record my own. People are like, well, why don't you do more cooking videos that you just post on social? Because I don't want to do that. (laughs) I want to just stand in the kitchen and cook. And, you know, we can't. I don't know the techie side, you know, we can't always do everything. So just kind of figuring it out what we are actually good at, what we
1: can control. I thought you were going to tell everyone that you give yourself kudos because you helped me with my microphone before this interview started. Well, that too. Yeah, <laughs> I love <laughs>
2: I'm
1: that. i working on it. <laughs> Be more of who you are. I think that control what you can control, It's I, I try to tell myself that and I think it's it may be easier said than done, but I think focusing on that, that's a huge deal. Yeah. That's a really, I mean, everyone
2: big deal. can control for one, everyone can control their own health. There you right. Go. There's a lot of things out there right now, like gyms are closed and there's a lot of things that are out of our control and there's a lot of uncertainty, but we know that we can control our own health. We can eat better. We can focus on our sleep. Um, we can figure out ways to move. You know, Those are all things that can help us hit the ground running when we really need to.
1: That is such a perfect way to wrap up that section. Control what you can control, and be more of who you are. That's what I wrote down. That's a, that's really really good. Okay, well I know I want to respect your time, and I know we're wrapping up here. So, are you ready for some fun? I call them yeah. D- DQ, okay. which is not disqualified. It's deep questions. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go a little deeper. That's all right with you. Sure. Cool. Okay. All right. And I think these are great questions too. If you're To the listeners, to ask yourself because I think we'll see how Kristen answers them. But asking yourself these questions, I think, can be really helpful. I try to ask myself a lot of these ones. How do you want to be remembered?
2: Uh, I want to be remembered for bringing the fun to every situation.
1: I love that. Give us. I gotta. I gotta ask a follow up. Like, give us an example of. Do you? Do you try to tell yourself that? Like before this interview or before you talk to your husband, like, do you think about that often? Yeah.
2: Just with every kind of situation. I mean, I, some people could say it's going over the top, but um, we just did a virtual bridal shower for my cousin yesterday. That's awesome. You know, that's, it's an interesting time. We're doing a virtual bridal shower. How can we bring the fun into it? How can we do something different? So I had the idea of doing a contest for whoever had the best virtual background
1: Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I,
2: I, I found a picture of Tiger King.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right.
2: <laughs> and I put it behind. And it's just funny. Like it, it makes people laugh and people are, you know, they're stressed right now. So just doing anything you can is funny. I haven't even watched the show. I just think it's funny.
1: I was going to ask you, I haven't watched it either. But that's, that's a great idea. I mean, it's, you're right. It's simple things like that. that you can yeah. That could be a hilarious thing. That's a good idea. I'm going to use that. I talked to my wife about it. Okay. <laughs> What are you most thankful for?
2: Mm, um I'd say just my family and my my parents, you know, just giving me just an a good kind of experience growing up and mm. I think sometimes you say, you know, oh you're so lucky for your kids or but you, I'm so lucky for my like I feel like I hit the jackpot with my parents you know so i just had a good experience growing up and you know there was an emphasis on taking care of myself and healthy living and family and all those kind of things so i guess i'd say most thankful for that and also just thankful to to move and breathe and live and you know do those kind of things even if times are weird right now you know i we live in chicago so we live to kind of go out and you know, explore the food scene. We can't really do that right now, but we can do a lot of other things. So
1: I think you make a great point with, cause I often write about what I'm grateful for. And I think sometimes I overthink it and it can just be, I am alive. Like that's yeah. a pretty darn good thing to be grateful for. So yeah. that's a really, I like how you said that. Okay. As I said, these are great questions for you to ask yourself as well. If you're listening or watching. And one of my favorite questions is what is your best dance move?
2: Oh, that's a a deep one.
1: By the way, she didn't know this was coming, so now I'm going to put her even more in the spot and see if we can get an example for people viewing of your Uh, By the way, if it helps you out, this is mine right here.
2: Oh, wow. I think I've seen you do that. That's pretty amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That does help. You can either tell us or show us or both.
2: Okay, well... What I think is my best dance move and what my husband probably thinks is oh, my dance yes, move. Oh, yes,
1: yes, yes.
2: Um, I'd say my best dance move is the running man.
1: Oh, yes. The running man's good.
2: The running man. That was, like, the first dance I learned how to do. But when I get really excited, like, if we're watching, like, a, a sports game or something, or I win, like, a bet, then I'll sure. bust out the cabbage patch dance. <laughs> but um, Wait, I'd big say big the running man. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: running man so you would say that or your husband would say that
2: i'd say running man for me
1: uh, okay the running man well in the future we're gonna have to clip in a video of you doing the running man i'll I, work on that i think yeah i think we'll, we'll get that figured out with technology these days we'll get it done yeah. okay two more and then we're out of here what is the biggest hopefully you can come up with one on this one kind of putting you on the spot but what is the biggest setback or obstacle you overcame and what did you learn from it hmm. if you can think of something Let's see. I'm going deep. I Um, thought I was going deep. Yeah, I'd say,
2: so when I was going through school, I was taking my RD exam to be a dietitian. Mm. I had to do a long rotation in the hospital. And I've always kind of been with the mindset of like prevention versus like sick care. So I would be working Mm. with all these sick people. And instead of teaching them how to live healthier in the hospital so they could get out of the hospital, Mm. I had to instead you know, recommend they take a Ensure drink or, you know, just kind of things that were just treating their symptoms, kind of making sure they're getting nutrients in, even though they weren't quality nutrients. So anyway, there was a lot of struggles I had just being in the hospital. I learned a lot. um, But I remember just taking these tests along the way and not really understanding, you know, why I couldn't recommend sea salt for someone who had heart disease. You recommend zero salt for them. But why can't I upgrade and do sea salt? Or, you know, there's just things that just didn't make sense to me. So there were some times where I felt like I may not even get through uh, my dietetic training or be able to finish my exam just because my brain just didn't work that way. I just said to myself, you know what, why don't I have an open mind and understand that there is a different way I may know one way, but there's also a different way. And if I can learn both, then maybe I can be more marketable when I do get out of school and pass my exam. And so that's what I did. I kind of just did what I needed to. I learned along the way. Um, I took my RD exam. I passed just barely, but it doesn't, you don't have to pass with flying colors. You just had to pass.
1: That's right. Pass and
2: And then I just made it kind of my own. But I'd say that was kind of my biggest setback. There was some questioning whether I really wanted to do this or not. Um, But I realized that, yeah, I can do it and I can do it a different way.
1: I really like that. I'm I'm thinking as you're saying that, because there's even, you know, if you're talking to a friend or something and they have a different perspective and maybe I would say, you know, that's wrong because it's not what I'm thinking. But there's always different ways to look at any situation, right? So I think that's a that's a good example. Okay, last one. Um, and then we'll head out of here. Who it could be more than one, but who is your hero or who are your heroes? And yeah, give us one and and why.
2: Uh you're my hero because every time I hang out with you, I like have all this energy all of a sudden. i <laughs>
1: um, not allowed to say that.
2: <laughs> I say, I guess I'd probably just say my parents. Um because I had such a, a combination of things that I got from both of them. You know, my dad was super health focused. He still is. But my mom has just a different mindset when it comes to life and, and food. And so I think, luckily, when I had that kind of combination, I was able to understand that there's so much more to eating than to lose weight or be healthy. It's really an experience. Mm-hmm. And if we can think about that differently, not about losing weight or going on a diet, but just how we can experience life, we know if we don't feel good, then we can't really, you know, be our best. So I guess I'd just say more of my parents. That's a hard question.
1: It is, but that's a, that's a great answer. And really, I love how you keep coming back to making these upgrades. And it's so, it's not intimidating at all to think that way. And there's so much out there that can be intimidating. So. Yeah. I appreciate you simplifying this world that can be very difficult to understand. And I, I do want to finish to make sure everybody knows, and we'll put it in the show notes too. How can people connect with you? How can they reach out if they want you to speak, if they want your book? What can they sure. do? Where can they go?
2: Probably the best thing to do is go to ontargetliving.com. Uh, you can also follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Kristen Johnson Brogan.
1: Kristen Johnson Brogan. Uh,
2: yep. You'll see me. I'm following you. So all of your friends can, can see me.
1: You're going to see um, some pretty adorable pictures of a young child as well.
2: My social media has kind of shifted. I used to post like a lot of food pictures. Now I post a lot of baby pictures, but.
1: Both awesome.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story. And thanks for being so open and fun over the last uh, 45 minutes or so.
2: Oh my gosh. You too. I know. I think we could talk forever, but thank no, you for no. having me on. I always learn so much from you as well. And so can't wait to do it again.
1: I was going to say, you're going to be a repeat guest. That's for sure. All right. We'll see you Kristen. Okay. Bye. bye.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of live in the dream with Matt Scaletti. I'm so grateful for you. you